What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. We can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. Nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. We look to the future but embrace our past. We study. We analyze. We race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. Through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection, we learn. How to make product for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25 Molo here from Grunball. Kingsley turns that far sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Bread, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Fly Racing Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Justified Cultures, Traction MXC Covers, and Moto Ice Wrap. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Joey Lancaster. Joey, how are you this beautiful Thursday afternoon? Uh, well, busy, man. You've been trying to get a hold of me for three days, and I think you probably thought I was blowing you off, but been busy out here on the road uh, doing my day job. So, 125 Dream Race is just kind of a, I guess, a hobby on the side at this point. It's gotten pretty popular, so... Fair enough. I think uh, I echo those statements about Big MX Radio. By day, bricklayer. By night, a, uh, a media superstar slash uh, media darling that I, I am currently. Pleasure to have you on, my friend. Uh, you're not the first to uh, put, put me off for a couple of days. You won't be the last. That's all part of it. I really appreciate you giving me the time, my friend. I know that this is uh, full battle zone for you. The bullets are flying, and uh, and you've got uh, a lot of different uh, things on the skillet right now. So I, I'm just happy that I was able to get you on and talk a little about, about two strokes because as anybody who listens to any of my shows knows, I love two strokes. I love to hold them wide open and uh, just talk about them. It's great. Definitely. So uh, to, ha- to have you on, uh, to go through a, th- a couple of different uh, um, avenues, uh, talking to uh, one Donnie Emler Jr., great guy, I know you're familiar, as well as James Hansen, who uh, I think the, t- the two of you are actually quite close, considering you're all both from the uh, uh, the, the Northwest, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, so me and, uh, me and James go way back. Um, we kind of grew up pretty close to each other and just knew each other from racing uh, motocross up in the Northwest, and, and uh, we... He started working for Rockstar Energy Energy Drink about 2005, and at that point, I was just racing local pro up here at the Northwest, and we just always kept in touch. And, and uh, they were a sponsor of mine uh, for doing four-stroke nationals, things like that. And anyhow, he hit me up, and they needed to hire another guy to help out with marketing up here, and uh, they ended up hiring me. It was kind of one of those spots where I knew I wasn't going to be the next Rick Carmichael. I was having fun racing, making enough money to keep the van full of peanut butter and jelly and yeah. gas in the tank. But other than that, you know, I wasn't going to be buying a house anytime soon. So I kind of saw that opening, that door open, I guess, what you'd say. And he and James took off and we drove a 50-foot-long Rockstar RV around the Northwest at motocross races, car races, you know, strap parties, college parties, whatever it was. I mean, for the most part, for a good almost five years, we just I guess 
no pun intended, partied like a rock star, like uh, like they said back in the day. But um, anyhow, that's kind of how that's really how this whole story starts, man. Uh, we James bought a. I mean, we both grew up racing 125, but he ended up buying a YZ125 from a local dealership up uh, up here in the Northwest, and we went out to the track and we arrived it around. and And uh, my dad still has all, my, actually some of my old 125s. So I haven't ridden them in a while. And, uh, I, you know, I jumped on James' bike, and, man, I was like the kid out there. He had to be like a moto dad and go out and stand in the track and point you back to the truck. I was having so much fun on the, on the thing. And uh, after that, anyhow, we we had a few trips we had to do uh, Rockstar-related. You know, it's kind of we are just driving down the road, just kind of BSing, like all of our ideas kind of come together. And we were laughing at Hangtown sitting there on Friday as we're getting ready to go uh, for the first round of the Triple Crown. And this might be one of the more epic uh, you know, we it would be cool if we dot 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 that you know buddies always say between amongst each other. You know, if you're sitting there hanging out with your friends or you're having a couple beers, you know, at the bar, and you say, you know, it would be cool if we did this. You know, but really, it never really goes past that conversation. Well, this one that me and James had, it would be cool if we got a bunch of buddies together and raced 125s because obviously everybody has fun on a 125, but if your buddy's on a 450 and blows your doors off going up the uphill in Washougal or something. True. It's not really that fun. But if your other buddy's on a 125 and you can hear each other yelling and screaming, uh, which is what we ended up doing, it was like the next week I ended up buying an old uh, Honda 125. And, man, every weekend we were having tons of fun just riding together doing that. So that's kind of how the whole thing started there. And that was uh, six years ago, uh, Washougal, which, you know, I have to say thanks to those guys, the Huffman family up there. And, Brian Barnes for helping me kind of lay that out and say, hey, like, can we piggyback on one of your races and just do two 125 classes? And that's how it all started is, is uh, that, Facebook and, you know, the whole nine yards, social media, and pretty soon people are buying bikes off of Craigslist. And the first year we had uh, full, uh, two full gates, you know, 125 Master and a 125 Novice. And Novice is uh, B&C rider and Master is A and B rider and riders. And we had... Uh, Full gates. We actually had to do a qualifier for the the C and D uh, right out of the gate. Wow. That's what I wanted. I wanted uh, full gates because you don't you don't go racing local anymore and have a full gate of riders. Maybe you have eight or fifteen guys at most. Uh, but I wanted the full gates, and that's kind of why we blended those together. And you know, we really haven't looked back. It's uh, you know, James he he wants to be involved as much as he can, but he lives on the East Coast now, and and realistically now as we move into our sixth year of the original dream race which happens at the end of the year at Washington um it's it's myself my wife Megan and then uh another buddy of ours kidding while the, the three of us really is going 25 dream race that's it so that's the history I guess behind uh or I guess the rest is history just what you want to say Absolutely. This thing, uh, like, it, it's slowly just kind of gained steam over the last, uh, I guess it's been the last th- three or four years now. Uh, people have always nostalgic about the 125s. Uh, I love riding my KX125. I got an 04. The thing is bone stock. It's got a pipe and a silencer on it. That's it. And I've literally had moto dads come up to me and ask, like, how, like, what, like that thing got any motor work done? Because I'm 180 pounds uh, on a 125. The thing pretty, goes pretty good. But I'm like, thing is box stock. You jet it right, and uh, they're they're just too much fun. They don't re- like, although like everyone always talks about how like how much hard work they are to make them go fast. They're hard work, but they're not. It's not like a a, a, a 
strength physical labor. It's just being like you basically got to try and play the drums while uh, like twisting and turning around the track. Like, it's its hands, feet, and everything else. And I just love it. You can wring its neck. It, the, the the power almost never scares you unless you got one uh, pretty heavily modded. And um, it's just nothing but fun. Everyone in that race, w- even though they were probably navigating some crazy ruts, smiles ear to ear. So yeah, what's well, something I always tell people too is, you know, you're out there, you buy your new, you know, your new 450 that, you know, I mean, for some of the 450s, some of the manufacturers are over 10 grand now, you know, and anyhow, they're killer. Like I love, I mean, I'm a vet rider. I'm a, I, I'm 33 years old, so I still race a 30 plus A class and 25 plus A class. But you know, you're you're jumping on the thing, and it's great. You jump on it, you check your air pressures and everything that has air pressure nowadays. You throw some gas in it, you tighten the chain, and you go out there and ride. You don't have to worry about anything. You know, there's a little less maintenance there. Um, you know, you don't have to check jetting like you mentioned. You know, you know, but um, you head out there and do that. On the uh, on the other side, though, a little bit more. You know, the dream race is you know just like you said at the beginning of the show. It's it's about two strokes. Yeah, it's great. Like all the two stroke fans are loving it. But the other part that the dream race is, is about and really is about is trying to keep a small part of our industry a little bit more accessible for those kids or those just new people that see it on TV, see Supercross, see motocross on TV, and then they decide to want to get involved. Well, if they're going straight to the bike shop and dropping, you know, 7500 to $10,000 on a dirt bike, they kind of get a bad taste in their mouth a little bit. So it's really trying to put pressure on the industry and itself, the manufacturers showing that, it's that old saying, like, if you build it, they will come. And this is a perfect example. You know, at one point at Hangtown on Friday, there was more 125s ready to race than there was 250s for the 250 National. And go. that's why you didn't see a, a 250 Ponzi race. Cause at, at the end of, uh, I think by, finally by Saturday morning, there was only 41 total 250s on the line. And, you know, anymore to race that class, you're putting, you know, a $10,000 motor in a bike and then, everything else around that motor to make it work. So it's part, partly putting the pressure on that and showing that, hey, you know, we can still do this as, as an industry and as a community, and, and uh, it can still happen. And, you know, we're slowly, in my opinion, if you look at the industry as a ladder we're, or, uh, you know, set of stairs, we're slowly taking away those first couple stairs or first couple, couple spots of the ladder to where new people that we all need as an industry, you know, me, my day job with Fox, you know, people buying gear, um, you know, down to the guy selling tires or even to, you know, to, to little D selling exhaust. Like we all need those entry level guys because maybe they're an entry level guy this year or next year, but a few years down the road, they're the, you know, intermediate, they're the, you know, and hopefully maybe the pro at some point. So um, it's a part of that. It's a part of uh, really the community behind it. You know, you say, you, love, you know, working on your bike, jetting it, that whole thing. There's a lot of those guys that those new 450s, they just are too scared to work on them. But you go, you know, spend an evening on Craigslist, you find your favorite 125, you go buy that thing, and maybe you don't know how to work on it. Maybe your dad does, or maybe your buddy or his, you know, your buddy's dad or somebody, somebody in your community knows how to tear apart that 125 and help you build it. And if nothing else, you might not be as scared to do it. So it's really building up that community of like, hey, come over, help me work on this thing. Or just like you said, you find pipes and silencers and rockets and, you know, even in the local, uh, just the motorcycle industry that's, that surrounds the 125 Dream Race around Washougal, it's funny, I'll pop into some of the dealers and I go, man, 
this is crazy the amount of parts I've sold this last month. You know, I haven't sold a CR125 air filter for, you know, well, a year. And I've sold six, or, you know, <laughs> chains, sprockets, you know, the whole thing. So even as, you know, locally, uh, you know, the industry itself shows that little bump in the needle uh, as people aren't scared to jump in and really go for it. So I get the, you know, the 125 Dream Race out of the hole is people raise their hands for the two strokes and they go, yes. And, you know, people raise their hands and think like, what is my 125 Dream Race? And I want Stewart out there, you know, with, with McGrath on the whole, you know, uh, peak antifreeze Honda with, you know, who, you know, whoever your dream 125 race would be, you get that too. But you also get the support of the community. It's all about making this more accessible for everybody in the future. And not only in the future, because a lot of us right now, as you saw what happened in Hangtown and the last six years, have been having a lot of fun uh, racing 125s together. Absolutely. And I, I got to imagine that this last weekend might have even been a little bit uh, bittersweet for you because as they took to the track, uh, you had a, uh, a polo pit shirt on and uh, I don't because I don't <laughs> see you in the uh, in the results, my friend. So uh, build this thing up. They've come and uh, you're on the sidelines. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I got a lot of messages from friends and people that have, you know, that have raced before and I did do last last year at Washougal, the Invitational at the National. And, you know, it, it really comes down to somebody's got to make this thing happen. Yeah. It's, it's funny reading, you know, I think just today, Racer X finally released a video on it. and uh, But it's just, there's a lot of politics that involved. You know, like I was joking with Pingree on the phone that, you know, after all the fires that I put out, I might as well just be a firefighter with him after the, after this thing's over, you know. And, and uh, you know, there's some people asking about, well, per- perfect example, like, you know, you get nowadays, for, especially for the nationals, you get as soon as it's done, results, boom, are posted. They're online. They're on Twitter. They're, you know, they're all. You can find them in ten different places. You know, and websites and you know, and everything's run by a transponder. Well, it's just me, my wife, and and a buddy Kit, the three of us. You know, we have there's a couple other riders and you know, Roy Sullivan and his wife Maya that are helping us out too that travel with us. But you know, we're doing. We're, we're doing our own riders meeting. I'm meeting with all the riders in the morning. I plug my own PA system into the side of the RP. I meet with them. I pull the local promoters out. I get little D down there. We welcome everybody in. We really, you know, show that, hey, now you guys are all ambassadors to this program that is the 125 Dream Race. You know, let's go out there and see what we can do in the community and uh, see if we can make the industry turn an eye and, and, look, at, and look at those things uh, to make it better for all of us, you know, and then all the way down to just like you said, I'm in a pit shirt. I got a radio on. My my wife is there holding all of the uh, riders back while I'm down on the line making sure that MX Sports is ready, making sure that, you know, the dirt diggers at Hangtown are ready. Then I'm radioing to her saying, all right, let's send them down, you know, for practice. You know, we got cleared to do practice. And then all, all the way through to the moto, I'm getting them on the line. Then I'm running over to the podium, making sure we have trophies and champagne for the three riders, making sure that Tim Cotter's, you know, got his, you know, top three, you know, two ones. Since we don't have transponders to look at like they do on the national town, like, you know, meeting with the announcers, making sure that they have something to talk about rather than just like, oh, there's a guy on a red bike out there and he's going fast, you know, so they have names, numbers, um, down to, you know, my wife on, you know, next to the finish line with a couple other girls, lap counting 40 riders as best they can. And then when it's all done, we load up our, you know, our personal RV, and then we drive, you know, 11 hours or 12 hours, get home, and then 
finally Monday, pull out all the paperwork and look at all the writers and hand score everything and then get those posted on the website and, you know, in the meantime, try to, you know, be parents to our to our daughter and remember to wash our clothes and feed ourselves. So it's, it's a twist. We're, we're privateer promoters at best. So if you see us in the pits, I don't know, drop off a six-pack. No we'll kidding. Enjoy it at some point. You've definitely, uh, <laughs> you've, you've earned yourself a cold couple, uh, and, uh, maybe some, uh, maybe some cold Bud Lights, my friend, but, uh, it, it seems like a labor of love for you, and it's actually amazing to see, like, uh, like, like the nostalgia within racing a 125 is not lost on anyone who's been around the sport for anything less than 15 years. Those who, who may have, like, that was their first big bike, I know mine was, um, they, they definitely just, they, they jump all over it, and, but, uh, like, You've, you've got people young and old who are now dialing you up, uh, begging for a spot on the line in two weeks' time in Colorado. Did you did you see that coming? Did, like obviously, in, in a lot of ways, you kind of did. Yeah, it's it's hard because I mean I was that kid, and I always told myself, you know, even with the position when I, that I am now with the Dream Race, or even my day job with Fox, you know, doing you know taking care of all the gear for everybody around the Northwest, like. I was that kid that, I mean, I didn't even, it's funny, I didn't even have gear when I was a kid. I was wearing, like, pajamas with hand-me-down boots and a hand-me-down helmet. So I've been every step of the way, and now being a part of, you know, on, uh, on my normal day job side, part of one of the, you know, best moto brands out there, and getting to be able to test and do all these things, all these cool new products that we're creating, um, down to the dream race where, yeah, like, you know, a guy's, you know, hitting, hitting me up or, or emailing into, you know, 125 Dreamers going, dude, this is, would be my dream to be able to race on a national day. You know, I've just been a local, you know, A rider, but I've never had a chance to qualify all the way up to, you know, BSing with, you know, Josh Hansen on the phone or Pingree or, you know, Tedesco or one of those guys, you know, that we've had out there, you know, that have done it all. And you kind of, you know, you want to have both. And then along with that, trying to get, make sure that the, that it's covered as well as I can by the media and, and getting a hold, like all the, all the magazines have all been building 125 projects over the last couple of years. So making sure that those guys are out there so they can show off their project and then do stories and PR on it. At the end of the day, there's only 40 gates. So it ends up being, uh, you know, and they're reaching out to the local promoters saying, Hey, I want to make sure that you guys have, you know, your, your kind of little group of your guys there. So it kind of ends up, Riders coming out of four different areas, you know, it's funny reading some of the comments where people are like, why was Carmichael out there? Why were these guys out there? All I got to do is jump on the bike, but we all know that it's not as easy as just jumping on a bike and going for it. You know, like there's, you know, all, every single one of us wants to set a suspension up. We want to make sure the bars are right. We want to make sure tires are good. Like, you know, it's all of that stuff. And when you're just showing up to, to do that, it's a little bit harder for those guys, but with that said, I mean, I, we have a ton of interest from a lot of guys, you know, past past champions all the way through that would love to do it. And, you know, it's funny, I, every once in a while, back back and forth with Nick Way, he's in one day and then he's out the next day and then he's found a bike and he's, ah, maybe not. You know, there's always jokes around um, with Nick about changing parts on just about everything he can. Two so, clicks, man, two um, clicks. Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of, uh, it's funny, uh, just talking to those guys. But then again, like Nick Way was one of, I mean, probably to this day, still one of my favorite riders. And we're text messaging 
uh, Craigslist 125s back and forth to each other, laughing about like this is this this could be the bike. No, this one. Oh, this one's two hundred dollars more expensive, even though it's only eight hundred bucks. But it's you know ten hour drive from here, whatever you know. And it's funny just laughing about that. Again, that just goes back to the the community and what you were talking about about the nostalgia of 125. You know, it's uh, there's so much that can happen around that, and and not only that, but just the you know, teaching riders uh, on the big bike skill level with a little bit less horsepower. It's, it all kind of comes together in, in full circle. And I think some people out of the gate don't really realize exactly what it's about, but that's the, you know, a big part of the true story on that. Flyracing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at flyracing.com. Justified Cultures is the kind of apparel from the moment you put it on makes you feel like it was made just for you. Quality, comfortable apparel designed for and inspired by the live what you love lifestyle. Woven throughout the moto, desert, skate, and surf culture of Justified is the desire to celebrate human achievement, to inspire and create a modern lifestyle brand reflecting today's generation. Zach Common, Matty Jesse, Phoenix Racing Co., Dominique Daffay, Cody Matichuk, and John Short are just a few athletes who don Justified Cultures clothing. Passion needed a clothing line to speak to the way that it lived each day. So, we created Justified Cultures. Navigate JustifiedCultures.com to easily view over 40 individual styles to help you make a statement every time you step outside. As presenting sponsor to Big MX Radio, lock in promo code BIGMX17 when checking out at JustifiedCultures.com to receive 30% off your Justified Cultures clothing. Express your lifestyle with Justified Cultures. Live what you love. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a That's what I used to think. Now, I start every morning with a bowl of Indigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, guys, this is Kate Clayson, and not only do I blow uh, Alex Ray's doors off in the track, but I do it at K1 speed, too. Hey, Big MX fans, Brad Gabbard, your host here, and we've got a great opportunity tonight to hook you guys up with some special prizes. If you are able to go to the Hangtown National this weekend and don't yet have tickets, we've got a pair of tickets for you. If you can answer these trivia questions and email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. That's my personal email address. Two questions are, how much do you have to spend to get free shipping with Vertex 
Pistons. You can go on their website and find that out that out immediately. And also, if you go to PivotWorks.com, I need you to tell me at what year their company started uh, doing what they do, bearing kits and stuff like that. So that's how much do you have to spend at VertexPistons.com and what year did PivotWorks start doing what they do? First two emails to Brad Gebhardt, 88 at gmail.com are going to win the tickets. You have to be able to attend the event. Please email me, bradgebhart88 at gmail.com. Hope you guys win. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, talon and kite aluminum hubs, galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing products. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you can have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market, from supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand.
Hey guys, Bill's Pipes is back, and that means the return of legendary performance. Two strokes, check. Four strokes, check. Since 1974, they've been tuning power at its finest for motocross racers, off-road racers, you name it. For you two-stroke lovers, the MX2 Bill's Pipe exhaust system is flat out the right choice to make. Nickel, works, and the brand new cone work is the right system for the job. When it comes to four strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to decimate the field anywhere, anytime. So if you want the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Sean Collier, Vicky Golden, and the entire Barn Pros Home Depot Yamaha team, head over to Bill'sPipes.com today and never settle. For sure. And do you see, feel like this will actually kind of make dividends on the other side of your, your day job where, uh, personally, if I was to come into a sport, uh, it's not like, uh, if the, 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 the motorcycle is a certain amount more expensive, I just add that to my, my, uh, my budget. My budget is my budget. So if I spend $5,000 on a motorcycle or $2,000 on a motorcycle or $10,000 on a motorcycle, that is, like, if I only came in there with a $10,000 budget, that, that's my budget. I, I can't make more room for gear and safety equipment. Like, I, if I'm looking at it, I'm still looking into getting a, 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 a some, some, some brand new motocross gear, couple sets of gear. And I think nowadays people are making a decision between, like, maybe just two sets of gear for the year rather than in the past when they used to uh, budget for three or four sets of gear. Or maybe they're getting longer out of a helmet, which to me is uh, kind of a scary thought. Is you're putting, I'm going to buy a new motorcycle or I'm going to buy a newer motorcycle, uh, but I'm not going to replace my helmet if I have a big crash because I can't really make that justify that expense. So in a way, uh, like riding these two strokes or bringing out these these Craigslist style bikes where it, it just drops the the overall price of entry uh, just allows people to uh, like just add more to their experience because like they're still going to fill that budget regardless but with a cheaper motorcycle they can do more definitely and that's that's a big part of just making it more accessible for everybody it's it's uh, it's funny some of the some of the guys up here in the northwest say that the, the 125 Dream Race has single, single-handedly added an extra $400 to every 125 that you see on Craigslist yes. of what it's actually probably really worth, which is kind of funny, but it's it's actually true when you start looking at that. And the other thing is, you know, you go, a lot of these dealerships around here, and even, I think it was talking to uh, uh, Stapleton, I think he ended up loaning out five, I think five bikes um, for riders down there at Hangtown, you know, and it's like everybody scrambles, like, Will Hahn wants to race um, Colorado, and he's been having trouble finding the bike. Of course, he's on that star Yamaha team now helping out that side, so he's got to ride a Yamaha. So I was reaching out to guys in the Colorado area, and it's funny. They're, they're asking all the same people going, dude, we already loaned out all of our bikes. They're already they're already out, you know. So it's the, uh, you know, the word gets out, and, and that stuff happens. But, you know, back to your original question, you know, it's the – my I built the 04 CR125 and I paid 1500 bucks for it off the of Craigslist and uh, I put I mean realistically without all the shiny you know bling graphics and wheels and things like that that you put on it you know you throw a piston in it a clutch but have some decent tires on it chain and sprockets and maybe some suspension work if it's not too hammered and you're out there for about 2500 dollars to three grand. I was out there racing um, with all the rest of my buddies on there, you know, either new 125 that they bought from a dealership or, you know, they went down the same road um, and bought something used. And, you know, that's, 
you, you see from both sides, every manufacturer wants to sell new stuff. Um, every bike shop is obviously, there's no used section as far as, you know, gear and anything in, in the majority of all the bike shops. Some, some people will do some secondhand stuff, which is cool because it allows that rider to do that. But in the end, you know, you know, back to your saying about a helmet, you, you always want to have a new helmet, you know, there's, and that's probably one of the most important pieces of uh, equipment that you're going to have out there. You know, I see it all day long where a guy buys, you know, a $600 boot and puts a $200 helmet on his head, you know, and it's, it's a lot of kind of like the style that we're always, that's, that's a part of moto, you know, is the, is the style behind it. You know, you see, you know, in, in press day, you know, whoever it might be in Supercross go out there and we're debuting a new set of gear or, or whatever it might be. Maybe there's a, maybe they'll do a one-off, you know, bike color or something like that. I mean, that's what drives a lot of that, the industry. But on the other end, it's, it's all of those guys that bought their tickets on uh, Saturday. They're out there sweating and cheering and yelling for all those guys. And then maybe on Sunday, they're going to go out with their dad or their, you know, and go do a little bit of riding on whatever bike it is. I've always said, Hey, if it's got a pair of handlebars and it runs, and it's got an engine, you ride it because that's probably the, I mean, that might be the best bike that you have at the moment, but you know what? The stories are still going to be the same at the end of the day when you say that you made it up that hill climb or jump whatever or made it over that log if you're up in the woods or, you know, it's it's all about having fun on uh, on dirt bikes and trying to keep it open and accessible for all of us uh, into the future. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. It's just adding people into the mix. And yeah, like I said, you hit nail on the head earlier when you said there's a lot of people who look at a sport like this and like they immediately go online like, what would be uh, my, my cost to entry in a sport like this? And a lot of their hearts sink to find out that uh, you'd be spending anywhere between like to get a brand new bike, like everything brand new, you're looking at about twelve thousand um, dollars, whether that's American or Canadian, to uh, to to get into the sport and and have something competitive. But yeah, like I, like honestly, and like <laughs> just getting back quickly to your uh, like the. The, the price is going up on stuff on, on, on used sites. I, I saw a post today. Someone had a 2004 RM125. They want four grand for it. And I was like, I messaged the guy. I'm like, I, I know you probably want some money back for the suspension you put on this thing, but I'm looking at it. I see bald tires, a hooped chain, worn out sprockets, busted up plastics. I'm like, I, I'd have to spend $1,000 before I ride it. <laughs> so Totally. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's part of it though. Like, you know, it's, uh, you know, you'll, you'll never know. You never know what you see, but that goes back to like the community end of it, you know, of like, I just want to see people like enjoy, enjoy the motorcycle all, all the way around. You know, I feel like we're losing a little bit of that at the beginning with, you know, of really just getting your hands dirty and digging into a bike and making it your own bike too. You know, it's, uh, it's funny. I was, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here at a, in a parking lot in my van at a dealership right now, and I just saw a kid ride by with a with a rear wheel on the on his handlebars and his bicycle. And then about a hundred yards behind him, this other kid comes with a paddle tire on 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 his handlebars. So obviously they're taking it down here to get it to get it worked on. You know, and you get the paddle tire put on it. They're obviously going to go to have fun in the sand. But I, I miss seeing those kids dig into that stuff. And another big part of the dream race is even the older guys that you know that don't. Um, necessarily racing or maybe they've had too many injuries or whatever the case may be. You know, we've had a lot of guys in the last couple of years, um, they'll buy up these bikes and they'll spend their entire summer rebuilding them and, and, and putting all new parts on them the whole way through. And they're not even going to ride them. But then come our original dream race that's at the very end of summer, it's the last weekend in August this year up at Washougal. That's the full amateur event weekend. Um, 
they'll find a fast local kid and put them on it. And they kind of play their kind of team that weekend, you know, that that's the bike they built. And this is the rider. They'll get the suspension done for the rider. And then there's kind of like a group of riders too, that know that like there's all these guys that are building these bikes. And so it's almost like a, a small little mini uh, series, you know, with everybody's showing up with their team bikes and this is their rider and, and uh, having a ton of fun up there at that race. But that's a full, you know, amateur race that it's built around. And man, we have the 125 classes, 250 class. Last year we brought in a 500 class. It's cool to see all the KX 500s and CR 500s out there. And then we have some support classes, some vintage classes and, and uh, 40 plus classes too. But um, yeah, again, it's, it's all about trying to get people involved again, a hundred percent into dirt bikes and, and motorcycles and then bringing them out and not being afraid to come race them and have fun and try to keep those costs down as, as much as we can. And we try to give back as much as we can too to all those riders that come to that amateur race at the end of the year. And, you know, you don't have to be the fastest guy there to be the biggest winner of the weekend. Uh, we do a lottery at that race. It's a thousand dollars. And the, the way you enter the lottery, you just sign up to race a 125. If your Craigslist nice. special blows up on the first lap of practice, you're still in the hat to win a thousand dollars at the end of the weekend on the podium. We just basically throw all those names in the hat. Somebody gets pulled and they, and they get a big fake floppy thousand dollar check with obviously their real check in their back pocket. And, uh, it's funny because usually those guys go straight back to, uh, to find another 125 or, or buy parts, um, for that too. So we try to make it a big community effort and, uh, it shows because, man, there's a lot of fun to be had. I couldn't agree more. And before before I let you go, two more things. Uh, I believe Husqvarna has uh, has upped the ante as far as support goes, and uh, given you guys a uh, a one twenty five to uh, to give away for, to anyone who's attended all three of the uh, of the rounds. And I think there's a there's going to be a few guys that are able to uh, to throw their hat in that ring. I believe James Hansen is is one of them, uh, as well as uh, yeah. I wanted you uh, before you touch on that. Uh, um, like where where do you like what's your kind of grand dream of where this can grow to? Like obviously there's growing pains with with seeing it uh, develop the way it is right now, but could you legitimately see a support class of the the Lucas Oil Pro, Pro Motocross AMA Nationals be a 125 class? Yeah, I think you know there's there's some conversations happening and and you know that's early on like I said earlier it's about trying to our goal is to put pressure on the industry um, and the manufacturers to say hey like people are here to race these if you give them the opportunity if you build it they will come and we've done that you know and I'm proud to say that you know I've sat up at night like looking at looking at stuff and and part of it being like when KTM um, announced their contingency and Husqvarna announced their contingency and then also announced that they're going to be giving away a bike already obviously those guys are making a 125 you know and and uh are selling 125s but they see that this could potentially turn into something i mean it's pretty insane when you're just sitting at home on your computer and you get an email from john Ayers that runs the nationals and then a and then a one-off email from Davy coombs just saying like hey we saw everything we've been watching what you've been doing we've seen uh what you did last year at washugo at the invitational this is something the biggest problem has been the TV schedules and working around that. That's why we do a four lap moto and, you know, practice is about five or six laps. So working something into that, I mean, you're still getting about, depending on the track, about a 10 to 12 minute moto. But if we could work on that into the future, you know, who knows what that could turn into, it, you know, an option that 
that I was thinking about that kind of would be cool and, and guys like yourself too, that we have so many people that want to be a part of this and want to race it. Most of those national tracks have some sort of amateur racing on like a Thursday, Friday leading up to that. Yes. What if we had, quali- you know, what if we had qualifiers on the Thursday or Friday and then you're qualifying down to those final 40 spots, but then you have that four lap race still on Saturday. But, you know, instead of it being an invitational, I mean, realistically, if you're, if you're an A rider and you can show up and try to qualify, then yeah, there it is. You know, now all of a sudden regionally, you see this all across the U.S. Um, happening at, you know, at those national races. And, you know, then you really see the manufacturers kind of look, especially the ones that don't make a 125 right now, looking at each other going, ah, maybe we should think about doing that, you know. Um, and then the, and then on the other side are our original amateur weekend races. I mean, I've gotten a lot of interest from tracks all over the country, um, hoping that we would bring that particular format down to them as a full weekend event. And, and do something like that. So to answer your question, I mean, the future, <laughs> who knows? I'm, you know, it's, it's almost every day I'm opening up a new email or, or answering a new phone call from somebody asking questions about how they can get involved. And that's really from the get-go was our main goal was to try to really get the industry to, to, to take notice and look at that and, and know that we're, you know, we're for real. And, and you know, the perfect example was the Husqvarna and KTM. And, yeah, there'll be a Husqvarna that's going to be up for grabs for, um, the riders that have been able to make all three classes and we didn't, obviously it's a, it's an invitational. So, um, it wasn't open to everybody. So we kind of kept that quiet and just the riders that really, you know, we, we gave, we, it was an opportunity to everybody when they started, but some of them just can't, you know, couldn't do the travel or, or whatever that might be. Um, so a few guys, you know, jumped in and wanted to do the whole thing. And with Husqvarna stepping in for that, that's going to be a pretty cool prize to give away on the podium there uh, at Washougal uh, later on this summer. But uh, other than that, I mean, it's, it's, it's uh, pretty humbled on what's happening. And, and I really, I just got to give it up for all of the fans and, and riders in the Northwest. Cause I mean, without, without them, I would just be probably somebody on some comments page on some racer X comments talking shit or something. Who knows? Probably, the, you could still do that. Uh, you probably have, you don't quite have time, but, uh, yeah, absolutely. Sounds like 2018, 52 weekends a, a year, um, nothing but 125 dream races, all, like just all over the North America, Canada, Southern states, Northern states, you name it, just every single weekend. Uh, totally. Just so much uh, C12, so much caster uh, 927, and uh, yeah, and maybe even a few split fire uh, spark plugs in there somewhere. There you go. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, anybody else that, you know, if you want to try to get involved, you can go to 125dreamrace.com. Yes. There's uh, email info at 125dreamrace. We have the 125 um, Triple Crown Instagram you could follow. The other website that really celebrates Northwest uh, motocross is motothenorthwest.com, motothenw.com, or motothenorthwest on Instagram. That's kind of my side of just celebrating Northwest motorcycle culture for everything from moto to off-road to there's a few project bikes and random things through there and just celebrating riding dirt bikes. But that's kind of the moto life I guess I try to live. So, um, And then, yeah, this summer coming, it'll be the motorsport.com uh, 125 Dream Race. Awesome. At uh, Wash Eagle at the end of the year, so you, we'll have to see you at that one, right? 
Absolutely. I've already circled it on my calendar, my friend, and I uh, can't wait to uh, – <laughs> will, will you be in Colorado? I will be. We'll be headed out. Um, we got I live outside of Portland, Oregon, so it's going to be a good uh, – I think probably – I think it's like 19 or 20-hour drive, so we'll be doing a little road trip action. And actually, the wife asked if she goes to – her day job is she has to fly to Chicago on that Sunday. So. Wow. I'll have a couple of guys with me to help me fly back. We got to dump her after we do our job there and dump her off to the airport. She's got to fly out there and then we're driving back and I'll have to get, get back to work doing, uh, doing my day job. So we're just trying to make stuff happen and having a hell of a fun time doing it. Well, very special thanks to you yourself for making some time during your busy work day uh, as the uh, 2016 uh, Fox Racing uh, Outstanding Sales Achievement winner, as well as Shift Award winner. Uh, you are the uh, you are the best. You are Joey Lancaster, extremely talented, and uh, can't wait to meet you in Colorado, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Please, everyone, go to uh, to Instagram right now. Uh, Jumpin' Jolton Joey needs your follow. Uh, he's only got about 5,000 of those right now. Needs about uh, another 34,500 to catch up to me. Uh, so, uh, there you go. You, you, uh, you keep doing what you do, man. I really appreciate the time. Don't hang up just yet for podcast sake. We're going to cut it off right there. Sweet. Thank you.